You're listening to Frankie Boy Radio. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Letting America take a deep breath. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Frankie Boy Radio, episode 216. Tonight, we got episode four of Dr. Electro and happy Mars opposition to you. I'm your host, Josh Urban. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you've been having a good day over there. It's been a great one over here. I've had a little caffeine and there's a lot of paint fumes in my head right now because we got polyurethane on the bookcase. Oh, it looks great. We're going to touch it up in a little bit. I got all the telescopes outside ready to look at Mars because it's an opposition tonight. That means it's sort of a full Mars, if you would. It doesn't have phases. A planet has to be in between us and the sun to have a phase. It's called an inferior planet. Mercury and Venus are the only two inferior planets in the solar system. That means they're not less than, they're just between us and the sun. All the other planets are superior planets. But Mars is opposite the sun now, so uh, this happens about every 26 months, and then about every 15 years it also happens when it's closest to us. So this is, this is the big one. So I'm going to look at that. But before I do, I wanted to read you the latest installment of Dr. Electro. And I am having so much fun writing these. This is something that I, I don't know. Like I've been working on writing songs for years. Well, maybe I've been barking up the wrong tree or, or maybe I need to bark up several trees. There's all these little snippets of things that I want to incorporate and I've wanted to incorporate for years. And, I, and my favorite little one worked its way into the story here. And this is something that uh, I used to go salsa dancing all the time. And some of it was great fun, and some of it was pretty lonely going out in the nightlife. And, you know, like there's a lot of lonely people all in one room, and it's a crowd can be very lonely. And there was this one, the way the room was set up, there was like the main dance floor, and then off to the side, there was this, this they had like this random red curtain. And they had this light on the red curtain. I don't think it was set up like that on purpose. I think they were just trying to like block the entrance a little bit and sort of like funnel people where they needed to make them go. And so people would kind of drift off and stand in front of this red curtain and they would kind of think they were out of the way and a lot of the wallflowers would wander there. So like, you know, I would be there. I wasn't a wallflower, but at first I would be like, you know, scared to dance and it's hard to fit in sometimes. And people will kind of drift in front of this and it was like a painting. You'd be like, you know, Friday night insecurity right there. So that has worked its way into the story. I always liked that. I didn't know what to do with it. Well, did something with it. <clears throat> Let's get into it, shall we? Dr. Electro, episode four, The League of Inquiring Minds. So previously on Dr. Electro, Mabel appears for the first time surrounded by smoke and international intrigue in an abandoned warehouse office. Dr. Electro and Rutherford set out to stake out the orphanage, deciding to investigate a culvert where they hear voices. An ill-fated gust extinguishes their match, thickening the plot with a hearty serving of darkness. Josh has no idea what's going to happen either. And that's true. I just sit down and write this and see what happens. It's great fun. Dr. Electro, Episode 4, The League of Inquiring Minds. <clears throat> the smell of match smoke can be pleasant and it reminded Dr. Electro of the quiet smile he'd get after striking and lighting a stick of incense, settling in for a cup of tea, 
and a book on physics or botany as the rain fell outside the window. His thoughts would drift in gratitude that he wasn't exploring some godforsaken corner out in the tempest, or at least where a nasty head cold lurked. Unfortunately, tonight, he was on the wrong side of this visual, and as their, the last wisp of their hope of light curled up towards the dripping ceiling of the culvert, he sighed in resignation, missing his tea and warm chair. He looked at Rutherford, or rather where he had seen Rutherford last, as the blackness was inky to the extreme. Bugger! A sharp exclamation from the Englishman provided a location, and with as little sound as possible in the echo chamber, they crept towards the source of the voices that they had heard earlier. Glimmers started to appear on the walls, shy gleams like hesitant guests on a wedding dance floor. A corner, an ominous thing when one is sneaking, a torch smoldering, an entrance to a side gallery. Honoring, honoring their treaty with the shadows, the two men kept alliance and peered mightily at the flickering scene before them. Crates were stacked, piled, and heaped in a vast space off the main channel of the pipe. Some were cracked open, revealing volumes upon volumes of books. Others were stamped with familiar and revered names. Dickens, Hugo, Dostoevsky, Dostoevsky, whatever that is. I had to Google that. I've read them. I can't pronounce it. <clears throat> Back to the story. Several stuffed animals of the non-cuddly and decidedly real variety were propped against the wall in a vaguely ominous way. The aggression of the baboon in particular enduring in death, a testament to taxidermy. Just then, ten men with matching safari hats filed in, seating themselves around a massive oak table. An eleventh joined them, his bare head transcended at the safari hat, obviously the leader. In a slight French accent, gentlemen, we now convene the League of Inquiring Minds. Our pupils seem to be progressing rather quickly, I'm delighted to hear. <clears throat> Next scene, uptown, at a swanky speakeasy called Club Vignette. Murphy alternated between boredom and the meta-observation of boredom, what the fascination that provided. Leaning against the bar, he pretended not to watch the red curtain hung against a discreet brick wall. Revelers would pause there, thinking themselves unnoticed, and let their guard down for a split second. They reminded Murphy of Cezanne's painting The Harlequin, an unobserved clown in a moment of sadness. If the jazz age was an empty room, the guns of the Great War seemed to echo still. If this was really it, what was the point? Ah, how we wished for meaning. To be continued. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that installment of Dr. Electro. Let's take a few deep breaths, and then I would suggest you go look at Mars. Now, if you don't see it tonight, it'll still be pretty cool tomorrow. You know, space is a big place. So it's going to be bright for the rest of the month, at least. Go ahead and let those eyes drift gently closed. I had coffee, so I'm unable to do so. <laughs> but you can. 
Breathe in through your nose, and out through your mouth. And let us begin. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Pause, one, two. Exhale, one, two, three, four. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Pause, one, two. Exhale, one, two, three, Inhale, one, two, three, four. Pause, one, two. Exhale, one, two, three, four. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Pause, one, two. Exhale, one, two, three, four. And last one. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Pause, one, Two, exhale, one, two, three, four. <sighs> Wiggle those toes, open those eyes. And do you know why Mars is red? It's because its soil has a lot of iron oxide and rust, if you will, in it. Kind of cool, right? Go check it out. Have a great evening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Okay.